You are now listening to Carly's Couch. I'm Carly. And I'm Lex. In this podcast, we discuss a wide array of topics about life and how to live your best life. Whatever that looks like for you. (laughs) Hope y'all enjoy. In this episode, we're going to talk about how the real way to heal and move forward productively is to worry about yourself instead of focusing on others and how their actions are affecting you. Happy whatever day it is that you're listening to us. I'm going to say happy Monday because I believe in y'all. You know. <laughs> and that you were waiting by the iPhone Monday morning, 12 a.m. Ding. Oh, my God. Well, some people roll out of bed and <laughs> oh definitely. Oh, my God. Some people definitely watch the videos on Sunday. So shout out to y'all because sometimes I'll get on on Monday and it's like four people have watched. And I'm like, well, we just dropped that whole yesterday. I know. Or they just click on it. But that's cool. Subscribe <laughs> to the YouTube if you're just a listener on iTunes. Um, and if you're a YouTube watcher, please be sure to subscribe on iTunes. Shout out Nate for always leaving a comment before you even watch the episode. But it's cool. Shout out Sanford for listening all the way through. And Jay. I don't know. I ain't been hearing from Jay. So Jay, <laughs> if at least you hear the beginning right now, instead of us talking about y'all at the end of every episode, um, let us know you heard this, Jay. This is a test to see if you're really about that life. But um, I saw an uptick in the episodes. And apparently I've heard that we make great, like, background listening to while you're working, um, which you can just put us on a little screen, slide us out to the mm-hmm. side, and then just, you know, do work mm-hmm. on the other things. So right, do your thing. Let us join you on your work day. Write it up right. a little bit for you. <laughs> Help in some kind of way, hopefully. Um, today we're going to talk about... How to focus more on yourself, worrying about yourself. I think it's really easy to, when you're having issues, to kind of pinpoint those things on other people, whether you're saying like, oh, you did wrong by me, or oh, you have this issue, you're always doing this and that. And I feel like sometimes we are focused on trying to help others in a way of like fixing them um, to make us feel better or because we want the relationship to reflect, you know, what makes more sense for us. Um, But a lot of times it's like, listen, instead of always Googling, like, how to deal with a narcissistic person or, you know, those types of things, which you will run to Google, run a podcast to, you know, learn more about how to deal with things or, um, you know, how to, to fix it when you feel like you've been wronged. Like, how about ways that we can look at ourselves and recognize sometimes that, hey, we're the ones projecting or we're the ones who, you know, why do we really have an issue with certain things? Or how can we better, um, how can we better change like our perceptions, our, our mindsets around what's happening in a way where we don't feel as bothered by certain things that's really somebody else's thing. Like that's somebody else's issue and it doesn't really have to be your problem or it doesn't really have to affect you as deeply as it does. Um, so I think we kind of, when we were thinking about what this episode would be about, first we were kind of having ideas about talking about projection and what that looks like. But then in general, I was like, you know what? I think that one thing we need to think about more is how do you have more empathy and grace for other people and recognizing like sometimes you're the one who's wrong or sometimes um, we can focus on like ourselves instead of always trying to like think about the other person. And I mean, projection is one of those things where it's like, oh, maybe you need to realize you were projecting. Um, so it kind of ended up in a more broader view for this type of conversation. Um, so Carly, do you ever find yourself like you're dealing with something and then you start like looking it up or trying to figure out how to deal with a type of person (laughs) or whatever, which I feel like it always means like you're that type of person to be honest. Uh, I don't, 
I don't know if I agree with that last part. Um, although I'll say a lot of times, and I heard this in college, um, one of my roommates, shout out to Sarah, she listens to the episodes, but um, some girl didn't like her or she didn't like sis. Sarah didn't like this girl or something like that. And the girl was like, well, you only don't like me because you see a reflection of me or of yourself in me that you don't like about yourself. <laughs> and back then that kind of like blew my mind. I was like, huh? But in reality, a lot of times, like there are things about mm -hmm. people that either we are scared to show, or there's a part of us that we're ashamed of or whatever. And that we, we don't like people, man. She a know it all. She thinks she know everything. It's like, mm -hmm. bro, look at yourself, doc. It reminds me of the scripture in Matthew talking about, you know, you're, looking at the the stuff in your brother's eye but what about the plank in your own and i was laughing when lexi started talking about this episode because i damn it was just googling some stuff about looking up some stuff about a person this week mm -hmm. <laughs> and it, Every just time. Made, it just made me laugh and then i've been on the other end of like supporting a friend who went down that hole how do you deal with the narcissist and she was watching hours and hours of mm -hmm. youtube and listening to the therapist about this man and I was like bro like what about you like how can you heal in this situation or mm -hmm. or whatever um but yeah I absolutely do that uh I've been lately trying not to as much like more so focus on myself and recognizing that that is the real seat of everything and my lens my perspective my reaction that's really where it is like yes some people are assholes but a lot of times it's really just you mm, I don't know and that's one thing we could talk about too it's like at what point also are we being over-responsible if mm -hmm. we, you know, anytime something happens, right? Like, I think it's good to acknowledge and it's real to acknowledge like, hey, something is affecting me or something hurt me or this was inappropriate or disrespectful. Mm -hmm. But then like, maybe that's our own boundaries we need to set as far as like, which things are like too much. And that's like, yo, I, what am I going to do about it? Right. Versus all right, they're doing this. How can I get them to see differently? Or how can I try to get them? And you may not even think about it that way, but like high key, that's what you're doing. It's like, you're kind of trying to control like, well, how can I get them to see like that? This hurts me and they'll change or, or affect them in some way back. And it's like, uh, you don't want to be over responsible and that like, okay, this is all my fault. How can I do something different to make them change? But it's how, how can I protect my boundaries? One, or, all right, is this really that serious? And if it's maybe not a boundary buster, but it's just still, it's like, why am I so bothered? Then I think that's where we do kind of what we're talking about now. And it's like, you think about how can I deal with this or what's really the real issue? Um, because I think a lot of times we're piling our own baggage into situations. Like it's always kind of piling up, piling up, piling up. And so when somebody says something to you or when, somebody's uh spending all day on their phone with you and like you're aggravated is it like is it that or is it this overall feeling of like man I feel like I've been unseen all my life and you know I feel like people don't care about me for real and you're using that to justify you know all of that other baggage so by when we say like looking at yourself I think it is important to recognize at what point you know is it really something for you to look at versus oh, this person is doing wrong by me. Yeah, and I think that's an interesting one. I don't think it's like um, a super defined line. <laughs> I think you kind of have to go with how you feel, but I think the phone is a great one in the sense like if I'm spending time, especially with, you know, that person, like your intimate partner or whoever, they on their phone, it's like, dang, dog, are you going to be on your phone all day? 
or mm-hmm. whatever. But if I'm with some of my friends, I might not feel the same way. And that's mm-hmm. when I, that's, that's a telltale sign for me. Like, ah, there's probably something here I should examine within mm-hmm. myself. And if we're having a romantic dinner to celebrate something and you are on your phone, like, Hey dog, right, like you, you good? shouldn't necessarily yeah. be on your phone. Yeah. Like what's going on? I feel like that might be like a line for me. Like it's, if it's every day, but I did mention it actually. And the person was like, Oh, I just, you know, this is what I do when I'm alone. And I feel comfortable enough doing things that when I'm alone, like with you. And if we're just hanging out, like, I don't, mm. I don't want it to hurt your feelings, but I don't feel like it should be a big deal. So they acknowledge my feelings and also was like, nah, this is just what I do. Mm-hmm. Like, if you would rather like us, like, I don't know how you want me to handle this, but I just feel comfortable doing that. Mm-hmm. And that's somewhat fair because it's like when you're at a point where if you're like just hanging out with somebody and just there all day, it's like, well, they're still going to do the things that they would be doing. But to your point, if it's like, oh, we're at dinner or we're having intentional time together um, and even with friends, because like this, like to your point, like I'll be on my phone all day in front of my friends. It's like whatever. But then you'll be mad if you're like with somebody else, which also kind of shows you who's like validation or not. Maybe not even as deep as validation, but like who do you really want to feel wanted by and like you know to care about you and own you know just looking at you the whole time um but that's that is valid where at that point it's like oh maybe I should check myself and like how much do I want this person to like you know do I need to feel like I have to be the main attraction like 24 7 and imagine like being in a relationship getting married with somebody and like you know for years like do you really think that's you know a realistic thing like Mm -hmm. and maybe that's where it's like listen they'll be in their room and they do that sometimes you're over here you're doing your thing but you know setting aside that intentional time I think makes a difference to where it's like all right we can be on the same page about certain times that we're really like being present with each other Mm -hmm. and so like when you when you are bothered by things, like what does your typical process look like? Like whenever you notice yourself being irritated or somebody does something that hurts you, like what? How do you normally handle those things? Well, sometimes, a lot of times with me, I'll get an attitude, but I can't, I I don't want to say I can't, but I don't really hide like kind of having an attitude, which then kind of makes it worse. Because then people be like, "Man, what's wrong with you? Like, what what happened now? Or like, what did I do?" But in my mind, I'd be knowing, like, it's not that deep. So, you know, you want to be like, no, nah, nothing. But then it's like, nah, like, you might as well talk about it because now it's affecting them because I have an attitude. But it's like, all right, so if I'm bothered because you've been sitting here on your phone the whole time, but also I understand, like, we're just sitting here chilling. and But then it still, like, has the conflict that's the same as if I had not recognized that, you know what, that shouldn't really be a problem. So it's like I need to figure out – I mean, I don't, maybe I should say need, but I, I feel like what I would need to figure out is, well, if I can go through the process of, you know, one part of me outside of myself can say, you know what, like, this isn't really the battle. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you also have to save it. Like, I'd rather, let's have this conversation if we were out somewhere doing something and that was happening versus if we're just sitting around chilling mm-hmm. um, and recognizing that and also not having an attitude, but like, I still don't like it. Like, I can recognize maybe I shouldn't, be bothered by it but like I still don't like it um so I tend to just still have an attitude or but it'll be like a quiet attitude or um I'll say something snarky like um I'm go DM that other girl like like I, I will say some shit like just to be saying it and I don't really be caring but like I'll say some stuff and it's just like for what but uh yeah that's that's how I deal with it <laughs> um other than that Yeah, that's how I deal with it. And then typically from there, it has to turn into a convo that goes back to like, 
all right, let's hear you out. Let's hear me out and let's figure it out. But maybe there's a way to like get to that first. But I honestly, I feel like bringing up a thing off top, it already makes it like a thing. You know what I mean? Like you can't just bring it up like, hello, I would like for, you know, when you're on your phone, it makes me feel like this. Like it's still going to be like, you always say that when I'm, you know, so it's like, (laughs) all right, like, never mind. I don't know. But maybe there's still a better way to approach it. And if there is, I don't have Or not to approach it all the time. Or, sorry to cut you off, but then, like, I do all that first. Like, I'll kind of have an attitude first. But then I'll get to the point where it's like, you know what? Like, I feel some kind of way because um, I want to feel more desired. Or I want to, you know, feel a certain way. Or um, I don't feel as important if it's like you want to do that instead of, you know, talk to me all day, every day. Mm -hmm. And... Then I also kind of realized, like, all right, like, what's so, you know, what can I do about that? And that's my stuff. But still, you still want that, like, I don't know. Yeah, and like I said, I don't don't have any answers if there is a better way to bring it up. I think, like you said, there's a time and place to bring it up because you don't want to always And I'm not trying to do that. And and when you're always, like, trying to solve these things with other people or if it's, like, kind of certain things that kind of, you know, evoke these reactions from certain people, friends, family, um, partners, uh, I think you do have to be careful, and that's where you really need to think about what's our relationship here, because it can quickly turn into like, oh, like what's the problem now? It means, oh damn, like am I becoming a nagger, or um, is this something like keeps coming up, and like how can this not be a thing? Because as soon as people feel like you're being judgy or bothering them about it, and it's like, dog, like this is just how I am or what I do, and you've expressed yourself a few times already, it's like, you know, at this point, it's like, all right how can I deal with it? Um, because the more you nag people, I think that really just pushes people away and like, doesn't help them want to be more themselves around you. Mm-hmm. Makes them want to like, be like, all right, well I'll just be on my phone somewhere else by myself or whatever. Um, but I think it's really important to bring it back to yourself. And I think in those moments, it's like when I know it shouldn't be that quote unquote shouldn't, right. It's not like a big issue for me to like continuously bring up if it is something like the phone or whatever. And it's not at dinner. We're just kicking it all day and we have been or whatever, but I'm still bothered. Like that's when I'm like, Oh, this is definitely a me thing, not a you thing. And that's usually when I start to research more into like, Oh, what am I needing from you? What type of validation or what type Mm -hmm. of affirmation or, you know, why am I putting my happiness and making it conditional on if you're showing me attention or not? Like, why is that the thing that's going to make me feel good in this moment as opposed to me just feeling good and us spending these moments together? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that's the moment when I turn it around, like when I know it shouldn't be a big deal and I still get upset or when we've talked about it, you, you know, you, I've explained my feelings, you've explained yours, we've had a few conversations and I'm still bothered. I'm like, ah, that's, that's, a, that might be a me thing. Yeah. But does that mean that we should never be bothered? Um, by other people's actions? I don't think I don't think that that's um, possible. I think that we're human and inevitably, you know, stuff that people do hurts our feelings, upsets us, pisses us off, rubs us the wrong way, touches one of our, like, traumas that we didn't know we get triggered. Like, they might call you a nickname they didn't know you had when you were little, don't know that, mm-hmm. and, and piss you off or whatever happens. Um, but I think it's how you deal with it that matters. So I don't think you can ever not be bothered, but I think if you're waiting for somebody to do something to get you unbothered or to make you feel better, I feel like that's where the issue is. If you're waiting for them to. Mm-hmm. Like if, if I can only be happy if they apologize to me. Mm. All right, bro. Good luck. Because you can't control that. Like you can't. The only thing you can't control is how can I be happy like if if I don't mm. or if I do get this apology. So 
And that's mm. what I mean. Like, I don't think you can stop yourself from being bothered. I think you can work on focusing your reactions to con- to your emotions and how you can feel good, regardless of what they're doing to fix it or to not. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the balance of, you know, everybody having their things. Because we have our things, right? Like, I guess that's the point of this episode is, like, that we're always focused on other people's things. Um, and so even in this, let's remember to focus it on us. But how do you deal with the balance of, that your things and some of them like you wish they would change, but you know, like you still got to deal with it. Um, but also honoring what you want, you know, from a person, um, like, is it always just going to be like, oh, okay, like it is what it is and you deal with it or, or how do you, how do you navigate that? Like having things that you want somebody to change. Um, that's a, I think that's a hard question. Um, if I had all those answers, you know, be a little different sitting here. Um, well, I think you could start it kind of from like what you were just saying as far as, okay, A, maybe you're recognizing like what's really the issue. Um, and maybe the thing they do does bother me, but you can assess like, all right, where is this? Like, is, is this a, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Where's, where, yeah, is this like a non-negotiable? Um, and I think it's important for us to know those things for ourselves, mm-hmm. I guess. But is this thing a non-negotiable? Or, and if it's not, and it's just like, man, it's just, it bothers me, or like it really pricks some of my stuff. Thinking about that and now communicating that. So maybe communicating that. But then again, like you can only communicate a thing so much. And it's like, listen, this, this is what the person does. This is their patterns. This is how they move. Mm-hmm. So you can communicate it. But then it's like, all right, I'm going to have to deal with it. Um, but like for us, turning it back around on us, there are obviously, there are things that people have communicated to me that's like, oh, like, and it'll be about the same thing, which is so funny. Like, so for example, if it's like, man, we, we hate that a person's always on their phone then I always get like, man, I hate that you always have something to say about whatever. Or like, I feel like you're not letting me do what I want to do. Um, and it's like, dang, I don't want you to feel control. So now thinking about that for us, like to want that change can sometimes make you be the bad guy or like you, I still have to think about like just as much as, as I want to communicate how I feel about that. Like when they're communicating and it's, you know, we're like at odds about the same thing. It's like, all right, how do you honor that? And so I'll notice if the other person, like, they actually are paying attention. It's like, oh, I should, I don't have to say stuff all the time because I actually notice now they put their phone away a little bit more. And so for me, it's like, all right, when they're on their phone, let me let me not say something this time or because it'd be hard to not just say something every fucking time. <sighs> but, like, you know, let me not say something right now because if you see, I think if you see that they're trying to change or if they express changing or understanding, like, hey, I understand this about you. I, this is what I do, but I understand this about you, and I'm starting, I'm trying to change a little bit, that at that point is where you can really need to have, like, more grace around, um, you know, letting that person be what they are and recognizing and acknowledging, like, what they're doing differently or how they're changing. Um, and same for us. Like, we want to be acknowledged when we're doing something differently or when we're growing or we think we're growing um, and I think that's kind of disheartening too sometimes when you feel like somebody's not acknowledging that. And so I have to remember that the other way around as well. Yeah, I think that that's huge. And um, do you remember your original question? Um, it was how to navigate. How do you navigate um, like when you, 
when you want somebody to change or when there's things mm, that you still need when there's things that you need but like also you know you can't make somebody change something Mm-mm. but i think you know in partnerships and friendships and relationships where people care about you and you care about them like there there's a little bit of compromise so maybe that is just them and they want to be free and they want to do their thing and that's it but maybe it's like hey baby i'm gonna spend you know 30 minutes on the phone and then we can reconnect here a little bit it's like having conversations mm-hmm. and finding a compromise it's like hey you know i like let's cuddle and i'll be on my phone like you can lay mm-hmm. up next to me or like okay during dinner no phones but until then like we free game like do what you got to do mm-hmm. i actually heard that on one podcast probably impact theory where i think he was saying Something you just said, like, hey, like, it's different if you can express, no, when you express, like, let's say the phone thing, I'm about to be on my phone, I'm going to spend, like, 30 minutes on my phone, but then, like, like not, like, I'm doing this, but at this time or tonight, me and you are doing X. So it's, like, you don't feel as, like, pushed to the side or, or displaced if you can express, like, that your time is coming or like we're doing this right now. Hey, right now I need 20 more minutes to do whatever. Um, but at five 30, I know we have that dinner or like, you know what I mean? Like expressing it that way instead of um, just being like, Oh, why are you all these, you know, feeling this kind of way. But again, that's, I guess that's us right now. Like we're trying to fix it for the other person. So as a reactor or the receiver of that, how could we maybe communicate how, how can we not, like like we're doing right now, like telling them like what to do in that case? Like if you're on the other side of that, what does that look like? Well, I think, I mean, I think that that's part of partnership. So you still have needs and we're not saying you shouldn't have needs and you're, you're not needy for having needs. Like that's why we're in relationships with people. Otherwise we would be completely self-sufficient islands. But I think it's like not expecting them to do whatever, but can we come to something that feels comfortable for you and for me? And they might say, no, that might be their boundary. Mm-hmm. Okay, well you have to deal with that. And also on the back end, you're doing the work so that you know just because they're on their phone that you're not worthless to them. They're not abandoning mm-hmm. you. They are not not paying attention to you, that they have a life in addition mm-hmm. to you and you want them to and you support that. It's like you're still doing the work on the back end. And if you still have the need, like you still do all the research and you're still bothered, mm-hmm. you can say, hey, baby, can you just tell me, you know, like how long I might go in the other room and be on my laptop or I might go watch mm-hmm. a TV show or go do something for myself. But, you know, I want to make sure we still get in our connection time without phones or something mm-hmm. but i think it's coming to that but it's not trying to change their behavior that's more of like a compromise mm-hmm. but you're also still doing all the work yourself you're not looking so, for them to just make you feel better yeah so focusing on yourself really looks more like changing your perspective so that because maybe our first thoughts do go to like oh they don't care or all these things when to something you said earlier which i i do hear all the time which is like no i actually just i feel comfortable in your presence and i want to be in your presence doing the regular things, but like, I just, I like you being here and being around. And so it's almost like we just see things from different ways sometimes, whereas they're, they're seeing it from a positive or they're not necessarily seeing it as a negative thing um, because they enjoy your company. And it's like, hmm, when you think about the fact that, and I know we're riding this phone thing to death, but when you think (laughs) about the fact that a person feels comfortable doing their regular things around you, that's, that's a big thing, especially for guys sometimes or, or for people who aren't as, like, vulnerable or, like, they don't really just, like, chill in front of you, you know? Like, when you're dating and things at first are, like, real, like, you're trying to show the best and just show certain things or whatever, when people can really just do their regular things and to be slouchy or, you know, not looking super cute or whatever, it's, like, that's actually uh, says a good thing about you and them wanting to be around you during those times. So it's, like, 
how can we choose to see it differently? Um, but I think, again, it's a lot of the things in the past or like, oh, man, like, you know, my ex was on his phone talking to other people. Mm-hmm. And so every time I see somebody on their phone, like, that's really what I'm thinking. It's like, oh, who are you talking to now? Or like, what's happening? Um, and, yeah, that's kind of – I think that's hard to switch up thinking about, but you just kind of have to – that really is the work that you need to do. So maybe it's like, you know, writing those things down, the things you think about, the things that come to your mind when – um, you're dealing with another person that are bothering you. And again, focus on dealing with that. Yeah. And healing from that. And even like, um, like when Steven was on talking about imposter syndrome using evidence. So anytime, like, so now you, you and them have had a conversation and they're like, no, I just feel comfortable. So now whenever you have those thoughts, you can replace it. Like, no, they just feel comfortable. Like, oh, look how comfortable they are with me right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think, I mean, the point of this episode also is to remember, like, a lot of times certain stuff will bother me because I do the same thing or or because seeing somebody on their phone makes me think about being unproductive. Um, and let me, like, explain that a little better. Like, I, I also notice, like, I'll be more work-focused when I'm around other people who are not doing stuff because I'll be like, oh, how can they just, like, sit around right now? Like, and then I want to do stuff. But then I could be sitting at home by myself like, man, fuck this work. I'm not doing this right now or just chilling. And I don't, you know, for whatever reason, it's like not that deep then. But I think I'm projecting. Like if I see somebody not doing something, that makes me feel guilty. And so now I feel like I need to be doing something. Or like if I see somebody on their phone, I might feel some kind of way. But it's like I do the same thing. And then like I'll get caught out. I'm like, yeah, you do the same thing. And I want to be like, not as much as you. Or I don't really, <laughs> you know, I don't with you. But you kind of do. Like, I still roll over in the morning and be scrolling stuff sometimes. Um, But why does that make me upset when somebody else does it? Because, oh, they didn't want to roll over and just immediately look at me. Um, And I was like, no, they don't. So I think we we have to recognize our own projections and our own, like, and recognize that we do the same thing sometimes that make you upset about other people. Um, or to what you said earlier, recognizing like what it is in these actions where it's like, you know, if you're sitting here Googling about dealing with a narcissist or a control person or somebody manipulating, like I remember, I know I mentioned this before, but I remember reading, getting to the end of one of them and like, hey, and by the way, like if you're sitting here Googling this and reading this whole article, it's like you're probably a controlling person because you're trying to fucking control the situation and this person. So maybe you need to think about this now from you. And I was like, oh. And by the time I got <laughs> in, I was like, I was like oh, click out. <laughs> But but there's something to that. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if you really are, are able to, like, go with the flow or really able to let people be who they are, um, remember, like, how you have lied or remember how you have, you know, hidden something or done something or whatever the thing is. And, like, it's like, dang, I should have more empathy for the things that they're going through or dealing with or, you know, the issues that they have because I have issues too. And so by focusing on yourself, it's like I don't have to go so hard to like judge people or I don't have to go so hard to be like, you should do this or you, we need to fix this when it's like, Hey bro, I got so many things to fix too. And so having a little bit more grace and empathy around situations, um, because you're not coming from like a holier than thou kind of perspective. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the part of it is like, I think that that's a reason why we might focus on the external things. So actions mm-hmm. that are happening to us, things that are going on around us, trying to control those things, 
because, you know, we don't actually have control of any of that shit. All, the only thing we have control of is what's inside of us, and sometimes that's harder to deal with. And so I think mm-hmm. that might be a reason why people find it easier to try to control things outside of them and people and try to change things instead of doing the hard work sometimes of, like, looking inside and figuring and out. And not even necessarily, is. like, harder to deal with, but I think we just don't even, like, we're blind to it, you know? Um, like, how many times, like I said, like, if I'm, like, you're always doing this. I'm like, you do it too. And I'm like, no, I don't. Like, you really you really be feeling like you don't do certain things. Um, and I think sometimes maybe it's quick, we're quick to point out stuff with other people because maybe we think they do it, like, a little more than us or whatever. But it's like, we don't, I think we don't even see sometimes, you know, what those issues are. And so we have to be honest with ourselves um, about why something affects us. And then I, I like to ask myself, like, do I do that? Or like, I started noticing like certain things and like, oh, like this is really why I don't like that because of this reflection of me or whatever. Um, but that still doesn't mean I want to deal with it necessarily. But it does mean like I could focus on that for myself. Mm-hmm. And whenever you focus on that for yourself and it helps you heal, but also help, like gives you a lot more grace and space for people around you, which improves your relationships and actually allows space for things to get better um, without trying to control people or things. Yeah, it's hard to not want to control people. Man, wouldn't it be nice? But also, I feel like it would be nice, but also kind of boring if everybody did exactly no, what we wanted them. Yeah, I just need everybody to do what I want them to do. <laughs> I don't think that's boring at all. I don't, yeah. Just, please, just do what I need you to do. Just... Man. Revolve around me, please. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> be quiet when I want you to be quiet. Be active when I want you to be active. <laughs> Read my mind. All those things. You get but, bored. Yeah, but that's no, nah, no. Nah, I don't know. <laughs> I think you would if if there ever there is an alternative. No, but you know universe. what? Yeah, when you think about people or like past relationships or you know with folks or friendship or otherwise, where it's like they've kind of been like a yes man or they will do whatever you are kind of like, all right. You're like off. I'm like, yeah, you need a little push. Yeah. Uh, I need you to be yourself. <laughs> that's why yeah, you like people. I don't want you to be yourself, but, <laughs> but that's when you know, you don't really like people also. And so that's something to admit also. It's like, yo, if you want everything different about somebody, like you don't actually don't like, like them. them. Like, it's okay to not like that person. Um, like maybe they're not for you. Um, and if you do like them, like that's what, um, I was talking to Carly about uh, some other podcast I was listening to, and he says something like the moment the moment you like try to turn into somebody's coach like you can't be that person's partner if you're if you're trying to tell them like things to change or how to change or even if it's like sweetie you you know you should go to the park more we can do this exercises together or whatever like you can't be that person's partner because now it's like they can kind of start to resent you or even if they kind of want to do something differently like that's just not for you it's your job as a partner is to cheer them on to accept um, and to love who they are. Otherwise, like you just, you don't like that person. You don't like who they are. Um, and so that's just not your space. And so I thought that was interesting to think about how can you be a cheerleader instead of a coach with mm. the people in your life that you love. Um, and that just means being there for them, right? Like holding the space, being there for them. And because nothing you say can change somebody else or make them want to change. But you hear when people are like, oh, I wish I was a little more of this or productive or I woke up earlier. And it's just like, hey, you know, however, however I can support you, like, let me know. But you just cheer them on when you do see them get up early. You don't have to tell them like, oh, you didn't get up this morning. Like your alarm went off. Like, that's not it. So it's like, really, how can you approach people and yourself in a way that doesn't 
judge or like want doesn't like push them to try to change anything um but allows them to be who they are and and because the process is different for everybody and you cannot like it just unravels how it unravels and i get frustrated because people have judged me and my process or i tell them like yo i can't change this thing overnight like this is 36 years in the making and i know it's easy to look at people and say like okay like if you know you should be doing this then do it like just start doing it but then i recognize when people say that to me and i'm like i'm think I can like my brand I'm like sure but like also it doesn't work like that like I just I can't just switch overnight and so it's a process and we have to recognize those processes within ourselves sometimes and our own shortcomings and downfalls to understand that for other people sometimes that okay you're right like it is a process you may not stop doing this thing overnight even though you're saying you want to do it and having that expectation that something's going to just like click on or off is going to mess with you yeah and I think that's part of the giving grace and space to people because like you whatever the saying is you catch more flies with honey than vinegar Mm -hmm. like if you give people space to change and to grow and to develop instead of trying to force them like I noticed myself getting stubborn and like irritated when you were like talking about like that Um, and then I also Mm -hmm. noticed that I do that to people and I'm like damn where can I soften on the coaching thing like I know I do that as part of my job but I don't want to make the people in my life feel like that with me like I want them to just be themselves but then also I think he had said it's different if if somebody asks you to coach them. For sure. You know, but even I think he said something about even if it's your partner, if they're like, if I ask you for your help, like, oh, can you help me, like, just, you know, focus on this thing. Like, it's still not a good idea to be like, all right, well, this, this, and this, and this. And, like, like it's still off. But it's different when, like, people ask you for that versus, you know, of course, when you just try to be, like, solution-oriented all the time. Yeah, which is not... Like, don't give unwarranted advice. We've talked about mm-hmm. that before. A whole episode on it. Watch Judgment. We also talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then today is, oops, lost the earring. Um, mm-hmm. How can you look at every situation and focus it back on yourself? So people do things that upset you, friends, family, partners, whatever. How can you turn the conversation back on yourself and then look at you first? Like, where? how am I affected? How do I feel? What can I do? Mm-hmm. How can I have more grace and space? And how can I communicate my needs in a way that's not trying to control mm-hmm. this person? And sometimes it needs to be, well, do I need to not be in this situation? And that's sometimes the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. Because if you, sometimes you really like, man, I cannot, I'm upset. I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't like that. And it's like, maybe you need to dip out. But then also, why are you not doing that? And I think that could be the most difficult um, thing to really be aware of and to like to really implement. Mm-hmm. So this week, uh, notice the situations that are going on like in your life or whenever you feel yourself starting to get irritated or harping on something you've been harping on. Pause. And then reflect, Mm -hmm. notice where you're bothered, what's going on, what thoughts you're having, what feelings you're having, and then move on from there. Good advice. So I hope that uh, conversation was of value to you. Think about yourself this week. I'm going to try to, but it do be hard. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but worry about yourself. And I wonder if, I wonder if you could go like a day. I'd have to really think about it. It's hard to like try to do like oh damn I'm gonna do a thing or not do a thing because you it's so fast like mm. out of your mind and like mm-hmm. you just go into your regular stuff but I want to see I wonder if I could have like a week where it's like I don't say any like nagging thing or I don't have like any obvious attitude but I may, I promise it's like an automatic like you know when somebody does something and you're like just like Ugh, all right. yeah it's so hard but um I mean, maybe I could just do try one day at a time type thing and try to do that and see what happens I would I would recommend one day at a time so try that yeah. I'm gonna try it too yeah, let's try that. Um, this week's shout out goes to Black and Bold Tea and Coffee. Um, so they are a black owned business that 
has, I don't even know how many teas now. They have a bunch of new brands, or not new brands, like new blends of coffee. You can go to blackandbold.com to see everything that they have. They also have an Amazon store. They've expanded into, you know, at first, uh, this is a client of mine, like first they were in, getting into Target January of last year, 2020. And now, like, they're in um, Whole Foods, Walgreens, like, a bunch of stores. Um, so they're really expanding in a great way. And they've really been perfect for, like, a lot of cool partnerships. So, like, Google did a thing with them. Uh, Target, of course, has done some stuff with them as far as, like, uh, showcasing and, and um, featuring and honoring, like, black owners. And now they have a collaboration with Ben and & Jerry's and um, – this this uh, group called I want to say it's called Movement for Black People, or the M word might be different. Um, but the collaboration is that they have a flavor that features the Black and Bold um, so coffee, cool. which is so cool. So it's called uh, Changes Brewing. So um, if you go to blackandbold.com, it's it's featured there, and of course in Ben and Jerry's they feature it as well. But the cool part about it is that. Um, the flavor was designed with uh, intention and with uh, social justice change behind it. So they're celebrating safety and liberation. And the focus of this uh, flavor is to divest from systems that criminalize black communities and to invest in a vision of public safety. Um, so if you go look it up, they actually have like a whole plan uh, for public safety. They have an email written out where it's like you can send it. Um, and it's about the, let me see what the name of the act is because there's a specific, there's a specific like legislation that this is, uh, helping towards. I can find it real quick. The people's response act, the movement for black lives is the name of the other group that's in collaboration with this. So the people's response act, I think that's maybe something that we should look into a little bit more. Um, so we can understand like what this is about, but they definitely have where you can send an email, show your support for this bill. Um, and it's really just all about having more safety in your own skin, in your own neighborhoods. And so even with the artwork of the, what do you call it? The, the container. Carton. Yeah. The carton, like the ice cream carton um, is by a black woman um it has the black owned i coffee flavor and the ice cream and so ben and jerry's beyond it they and and then it's in collaboration with this other black uh organization so like ben and jerry's don't play around about like really living and doing the things and like that's why people are gonna forever rock with them man i love how how unapologetic they are and have yeah. been people been coming for them for years, but they're like, nah, fuck y'all. We still stand yeah. behind what we stand behind and we put our money where our mouth is. Yeah. So please check that out. It actually sounds pretty good too. Uh -huh. And it's a limited batch. So it's like, if you go to the page on Ben and Jerry's where they talk about this new flavor, which is changes brewing. Um, they have find a grocery store, find a partner. You can, where do you find this? But then they have so much information also about people's response act, what you need to know, um, and what the point behind this is. So very thorough. Um, and they even show you how it's made and all kind of stuff. So very thorough. I want to shout that out. If you're already like a fan of Black and Bold, which is interesting because some of my other clients that I'd, I'd mentioned Black and Bold, and they're like, oh, I, I drink that coffee. And so uh, it's interesting and cool to just see how much they're growing. And I just think that's so awesome. Um, so, yeah, check that out from Black and Bold. Yep. And then do some research on that act and send your emails. And then our question of the week this week is, if animals could talk, which one will be the rudest? What do you think? Mm. 
Um, I was thinking about raccoons <laughs> first. Like, I feel like they. I feel like they would be funny. I feel like they would be hilarious with their little weird fingers. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think hippos. I think hippos would be really proper. They probably have British accents in my head. Um, they, cats, I mean, cats might be rude. Mm-hmm. Cats might be rude as hell. That's what I was thinking. Cats, <laughs> would, I think. Just thinking about the basic animals that come to my head first, I think cats would be the rudest for sure, just because they just always like they only care about doing their own thing. Um, <laughs> it's so funny because I was like, I was like raccoon, hippopotamus, mm-hmm. orangutan. I was like koala. <laughs> no, cats came to my mind first, but I think it probably would be interesting. Like if you really could hear animals talk, which I always think about like all the time. Like, man, I wonder what animals really be thinking about and saying. It would probably be so surprising, like what we think, uh, how different ones. You know, thing, but the more individualistic ones, I would just assume are the rudest. Which maybe we shouldn't. Uh, maybe we shouldn't put rude with individualistic, cause like that's that's not necessarily the same thing. Yeah. yeah. And just because I mean, in real th- even with people, like when people do what they want to do, like you kind of think of them as being like, oh, they're more, you know, rude or direct or whatever. But it's like, nah, well, they just do what they do. Doing what they do. But there's a difference between being rude though. Like rude, rude is rude. But cats definitely seem to be pretty rude. To I, mean, me. I feel like cats, like I said, raccoons would probably be funny. Maybe some type of bird would not be a happy bird. Mm. They might Seagulls be talking shit. Yeah, they might crows. be talking shit. Yeah. Sitting up there roasting people. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> if animals could talk, which one would be the rudest? Hit us at rudest. Hit us at Carly's Couch and let us know what you think. What do you think? I guess cats and some type of bird. Yeah, let us know what y'all think. Um, Thank y'all for listening to the episode. Once again, we'll see you next week. Peace.